mentality right and you know they're going with them to every ball there. This is Come On Kind with Martin Quilty and Onya Fahey. Good evening again everybody and welcome to the KCLR studios for Come On Kind. This is episode number 7 in season 2. The weeks and the months are flying along at the minute. Hard to believe that we're already down to the knockout stages in the league of uh, Division 1 and Division 2. And we will be talking to John Scott very shortly about the Intermediates team in Division 2. We'll have Mike Wall on the line to discuss the minors' upcoming semi-final at the weekend, and we'll be reviewing the senior games with audio from Brian Dowling from last weekend as well. But I am delighted to say that we are joined on the line at this moment in time by the intermediate manager, John Scott. John, you're very welcome back to Come On Kind. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, you were out at the weekend against Westmeath in probably what was... I must come away with some sort of a result. Uh, a draw would have done you to qualify for the knockout stage. We knew Waterford was going to qualify top of the group and come out of it, but you managed to get a comprehensive win, 3-7-2, uh, eight points uh, against Westmeath last Sunday. So you must be a happy man. You're qualified now for the quarterfinals. Uh, yeah, look, as, as I kind of was talking to you earlier on in the season, there was saying that we try get as far as we can in the championship. Breeders many players into the into the team as we can, which we have been turning over quite a few of the players. And it's great it's great to get into the knockout stages. It's great something to look forward at. Well it certainly is and you had your team captain back Shauna Tracy at the weekend as well and she came away with three three. Not a bad old result to be thrown in at the deep end on your first league start back uh, at the start of the year. Oh yeah, no yes it's actually yeah you, you couldn't have picked a better uh, first game uh, first game for the season <laughs> uh, to come out come over with a three three yeah, very good now. Very good. Westmeath is not an easy place to go, John, as we know, and especially up into TG or TEG, Cusick Park in Mullingar, I should say. Um, the conditions were fairly bad where we were down in Cork at the weekend. What were they like in Mullingar? Yeah, no, the, the weather wasn't too bad in Mullingar. A bit windy, all right, but nothing, nothing compared to what I think was going on down in Cork. I think we got we got that weather against Waterford today. Um, just torrential downpours of rain and fierce wind and I think that's I, I know it's terrible but to you that's kind of the, the, the joys of the game but look the forecast was actually not too bad up and the weather was good actually up in Westmead like well, that's good to know. It certainly wasn't good in Cork, I can tell you. So you must have got the good weather um, in Mullingar. But as you said at the start, you were looking to get as far as you could in the league section. You've now qualified for the uh, the quarterfinal stages, which is a fairly decent uh, achievement to be going before you go into the Leinster Championship. It's going to be strong opposition coming. Just looking at Group 1, we have Wexford is probably going to qualify out of that group. Then there's a tussle between Cork and Meath in it. And you have Antrim and Galway coming in the other group as well. So... Whoever we get in the quarterfinal, John, it's not going to be an easy test, but they're the kind of challenges that you're going to be relishing. Oh, yeah. Look, and this is where you want to be. Um, you want to be playing against the best of the best kind of thing. So it'll definitely test us for the come championship uh, where, we're, where we're at at this time of the season, coming up against one of them. I know the draw hasn't been made. I think there's I think another round left, isn't there, in the group three, or group one next week, I think. That's correct, yeah. Um, Meat me still has oh, to yeah. play Cork. Yeah, but as you said, the teams that are coming out of each group, they have to look there are the top the top teams for the last year anyway. They were all they were all there thereabouts come championship last year as well. So it's going to be a, t- a test, you know. We'll probably see where we are. Well, it certainly is. Waterford, we know, certainly put it up to yourselves uh, last weekend. It was probably disappointing to come away with it. But as we have said in the podcast, they are a Division 1 team, only relegated last uh, year um, when Dublin beat them. So, I mean, you put up a good account. You were well into it up to half time. But the best course of medicine to come away with a loss like that is to go and win your next game. And you won it comprehensively at the weekend. So it's going to set you up nicely now going into the quarterfinal stages. Yeah, it's just going and uh, just go, no, I know you're jumping back again, just against the Waterford. Uh, we probably learned a bit more from that game as well, seeing you know with the wind and conditions that were, they were just horrendous. The same, it was like a game of two halves. And of course, come uh, Westmeath, we kind of knew we had two weeks to lead into it, and we knew ourselves that if we actually won the game, as you say, even a draw would have done us. But we knew if we went up to win, that was our focus, and we knew we were going through. You know, so. 
as Anya, no, myself and herself, we were often Westmeat, we were coming home, <laughs> drowned in our sorrows mainly against Westmeat, who we were a good team as well, you know, so it was, it was a bonus to get a win up there and go into the knockout stages. And just to kind of maybe reflect on that as well, John, you know, as you said, like, Westmead have really been a thorn in our side for so many years. It must have been a massive um, kind of like boost of morale for the girls to finally get over that line against Westmead last weekend. Oh yeah, definitely. And I, I know, and this is the thing that I always had it in the back of my mind. I was saying that we kind of we won them one. Yeah, <laughs> you know, we 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 they've, they've, they've made us you know better than a few terrible occasions over the last few years mm-hmm. just to barely knock us out knock us out of group stages in the championship mm-hmm. and it was just nice and a few of the girls that were actually playing the likes of Ashley Curtis and Kira Murphy and Claire Nolan they would have been there at that time as well so they probably would have known and, and probably had it in the back of their minds as well yeah, exactly. And even just to kind of maybe reflect on the likes of Ashlyn Kurt, it's great to have her back in the fray after her injury. And I just see a couple of new girls um, getting, a, getting a run in there as well. Aideen O'Connor from obviously the Bar Rangers Club got a run in and great to have Jane Cass back in. It must be it must be great for yourself knowing that you're able to strengthen up the backs and kind of see a couple of different names kind of coming into the coming into the team um, on game day. Yeah, it was. It was great. Like, and as I say, we've kind of gone through um, so many of the team over the last I think we have 20, 27, 26, 27 on the panel, a few girls between both panels. Mm-hmm. But I'd say in the league, we've, I think we've played now 25 or 26 of them girls. They've all got game time, yeah. which is great, you know. Yeah, great to see you. Yeah, and it's a massive thing, especially in these kind of early stages. And now that you're into the knockout stages, you've kind of given, you know, the majority of girls a great opportunity to push on now for a league quarter final. Yeah, exactly. And, Look, it's and it's kind of whoever gets the jersey. I know it's just tough on some of the girls that are not getting picked, but like when you have the jersey, if you can hold on to that jersey, that's what it's all about. Like now, I did say in the game in the league time that we will be giving game girls game time, and I think look, they need they need to get experience as well, especially against some of the competitive good competitive teams, and they'll see where they're at themselves even in their own game, you know. Yeah, it certainly is. John, I suppose on that with the, the new girls coming in, um, we know that the seniors and yourselves were probably hampered to be coming in with the club championships as well before the start with Barrow Rangers and Dixburg going so well in the club championships. I suppose it's great too that you're now able to uh, interact uh, or get them girls, inject them into the, the team a small bit, give them some game time and see exactly where your best 15 is going to come out of before the start of the Leinster Championship and then the Championship proper in a couple of months. Oh, definitely, like, yeah, and you can see that uh, Shauna didn't do ourselves any <laughs> on, on Saturday getting 3-3, you know, and that was her first game coming back, really, from the past. Now, she has been around with, uh, with training and stuff like that, like, but, like, that was her first kind of real competitive game and just goes to show you what she can do, you know. Exactly. Well, it is going to be the knockout stages that will be coming up for you shortly. We don't know who that's going to be yet, but uh, I have no doubt that we'll be chatting to you when it comes nearer the time um, and see who we're going to play. As we said, it's not going to be easy, though, uh, looking like it could be either Cork, uh, Galway or even Wexford or Antrim um, when it comes into that. But as a, a fella says, John, you're going to be relishing the challenge. Uh, you're still there. It's great to be there into the knockout stages and we're going to look forward to progressing with yourselves uh, during the league stages as well. Oh, yes. Look, that's what we're going to, as you said, we'll, we'll, we'll relish the day. Whoever we, whoever we get, look, we'll set up for the day and see where we go. Um, and it's great just to get to the knockout stages. It's, a, it's an extra bonus. And if you can go even further, all the better. Exactly. Well, hopefully that it'll go a bit better than we did last year. Uh, hopefully we won't get meat in the quarterfinal either because we all know yeah. what happened in that one, John. But, uh, yeah, I uh, know. Well, well, <laughs> I won't never forget that one. <laughs> well, it certainly built the team last year anyway. But anyway, look, congratulations on getting to the knockout stages. As I said, we will be uh, progressing with yourself and the team all through. Uh, as far as you can go, we'll certainly be there along the way with you. And more than likely, we will be chatting to you when we get near to the quarterfinal stages as well. All right. Thanks very much, Baron. Thanks, Anya. Perfect, John. Thank you very much. That Thank was, you. of Bye. course, John Scott, the intermediate manager. Anya, looking at the uh, the Division 2 tables, we said earlier on Wexford is top 
Cork second, Meath is there, thereabouts as well on six points. So there's a tie there at the minute. Meath and Cork is going to be a huge game as the weekend coming. That's going to determine who is going to come out of that group. Probably as group runners up to Wexford because Wexford are going very, very well at the minute um, and they're flying. We know that this group two is already sorted with Waterford and Kilkenny. Waterford will top it yeah. and Kilkenny will go into it. I'm assuming the top teams is going to go into the semi-final draw as usual and yeah. the, the teams are going to be picked out. So um, Waterford could be in a semi-final or a quarter-final. Uh, the same with then Antrim and Galway there after coming out of it. So really the only one up for decision at the minute uh, when it comes to finding out who's coming out of it is Group 1. It's after being a competitive Division two this year, mm-hmm. um, and I think any one of those teams that's there at the minute has the potential to go along and win it. Yeah, I think so, and I think you know for Division two, I think Division two has always been extremely competitive, and you know we don't have the same teams competing, you know, every year in a final or a semi final or whatever the case may be, and you know it just goes to show the strength that you have in Division two because you know we have seen a mixture of senior teams in it and you do have actually got some junior teams that are actually playing at division two as well so like there is a massive mix there and you know I think I feel like especially for division two because there's so many games and it gives everybody such a great opportunity because there is quarterfinals semifinals and finals obviously it does give all the teams that extra game that they can push through for like Kilkenny I think I you know they're they are delighted. They're obviously delighted that they're after getting to a quarter final. Who wouldn't be? But I think John, as he said, like he's after using about twenty six players so far, like, and he's going to continue to use some of these guards because this is going to be a massive test for them coming into a knockout stage. As you mentioned, we all remember what happened against Westmead or against Mead in Bar last year. Like, talk about daylight robbery, yeah. you know, and it was heartbreaking. But as you said, Martin, it definitely was the making of that team. Yeah, and I think doubt, yeah. I think they just came out and I think from them they grew as a team, they grew as individuals and that little bit of heart kind of stood to them come the All-Ireland semi-final when they did beat Mead in the All-Ireland semi-final in Nolan Park like to get them to an All-Ireland final. So I definitely think the league has benefited uh, Kilkenny so much this year and a lot of the other teams. Like I think Westmead, I think Walshford will probably win want to get a quarter final game in them to be honest with you I think the more games that they can get the more wins that they can get under the belt they're going to gain confidence when they go back into you know senior championships so I would imagine that's what they're going to want to do as well I see even last weekend against Tipperary they actually blooded a couple of new players yeah. but I mean how can you really blood uh, when you come out with a scoreline like that and beat someone I think it would be 22 points in the, the end if I'm not mistaken like it's terrible on Tipperary mm. but still you can only play with what's in front of you Waterford done that and it was a massive score to rack up against Tip Yeah it certainly was Like, and I did kind of say it uh, last week that I did fear for um, Tipperary a little bit going in against Waterford because just with the wealth of experience that Waterford have and like let's be realistic Waterford uh, that was a complete case of a senior team playing against a junior team uh, last weekend in that particular game like and it would have been very very tough for Tipperary to go out and you know even to play against those because these are girls that are you know that they're seasoned hurlers and to come up against Waterford now I know they did have a lot of you know new players in but it just goes to show that the talent that Waterford have down there as well and you know I think they're going to push hard I think they really are going to be top contenders for a division two title this year I think Tipperary are really just going to have to go back to the drawing board they're going to have to refocus you know they're going to be competing in a junior championship and you know Tipperary have such a great history of Camogie that they're going to want to be really competing competing hard in that and you know I suppose all the other counties would expect them it's kind of like when you go out and play Tipperary in a hurling match you're expecting them to be to a certain standard and I think any of the teams at junior will be expecting Tipperary to be at a certain standard as well obviously I would imagine heads are down confidence isn't great especially after that result and like you know if it was any other team they'd be the exact like like I don't know I how I would feel being a manager coming off the field after a beating like that, you know, be very, very tough. So it's going to it's going to take a lot for the management team to build these guards back up. It, it's you know And it's not going to get easier because no. it's tougher. That group, as we said, is completed, it's finished. So Tipperary are actually bottom of that group. They are going to be in the relegation playoff situation, yeah. whatever way it goes about it. And it's not going to be easy because at the minute you have uh, Kildare that's going to be looking like that's there. Um, Wexford are playing Kildare at the weekend. No disrespect to Kildare, but mm-hmm. the way Wexford are going at the minute, yeah. it's a bit like Waterford um, and Tipperary last weekend. You'd expect Wexford to come out with that. Well, I think that yeah. you probably would anyway. Comfortably. So, I mean, you're going yeah. to have Kildare. You're going to have Tipperary. And Leash and Kerry is the other groups is playing at the weekend. So whoever wins that game is realistically safe yeah. in the Division 2. And whoever loses it is going to be in the relegation playoff as well. So you potentially have Kildare, Tipperary, Leash, 
and Kerry. Yeah. You know, it's, as you say, it's not going to be Mead. easy. Um, well, Westmeath, I think, are safe, aren't they? Because the, it's only the bottom teams oh, goes sorry, into yeah, it, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, that's true, actually, yeah. So, yeah, like, it's going to be tough. And, like, to be fair, if you're to go on form and form solely just what in the league so far, like, you're looking at Tipperary potentially going down to Division 3 and I don't think a county that has such a massive success rate in Camogie throughout the years, like I remember watching the likes of Claire Grogan and Deirdre Hughes and all these phenomenal players, Noel Kennedy and all these women, you know, winning All-Irelands for Tipperary and, you know, they've had such a stellar history in it and, you know, even the likes of Joanne Ryan who even came back to play at intermediate level only a couple of years ago, like she was such a stalwart for Tipperary, you know, back in the, the 90s and and like, you know, th- their history, they're not going to want to be playing at Division 3. Like, they have a high expectation of themselves. And, you know, I would imagine, I would imagine heads are very much down. So, you know, they're going to have a tough couple of weeks prepare. And I'm sure they're going to be playing in some sort of a Munster Championship. But they are really going to have to, you know, get down to the wire. And if it means having to look for new some new players, will they be able to gain a couple, I suppose, from the, after, from the minor team? Because Tipperary always have a very good minor team as well. So you would imagine that some That's of That's actually just in. what I was going to say. I mean, they won... Um, several minor competitions yeah you know I think they might have done the two three in a row if I'm not mistaken Mm -hmm. like so I mean the talent has to be there between young players blooding them in I mean that was a couple of years ago um so I mean actually they only won the one in 2016 surprisingly enough the uh just Galway and Cork then kind of took over from there. Um, but I mean, they won in 2011. So you're looking at 11 years ago yeah. there. But they've the, always been competing all, yeah. at A level and they've always been competing in, in as far as getting to finals or semi-finals. So like, you know, for any team to be competing in a minor A championship, semi-final or All-Ireland final, there is talent there. So I kind of feel like, you know, they really need to kind of bring in some of this new talent as well like you know they can't be you know depending on the same players like I'm like the day that we watched um Tipperary and Kilkenny in the first round of the Division 2 league there was a girl from uh, Silver Mines there even with Lockney now as long as I'm going that girl is going as well there has to be newer players that have to be bled in we can't always be depending on the same the same players yeah. all over the, all over again but I would imagine surely after the surely after this minor championship is over and I suppose in a good way the minor championship is wrapped up nice and early so that girls then can progress onto the adult inter-county team and you know I think it's maybe something that Tipperary are going to have to seriously look at because because nobody wants to see them going down to Division 3. You know, you want to see teams succeeding and you just don't want the heads to be down. Like they, Because of the history that they have in the county, they'll be very disappointed with that, I would imagine. They will, and you just spoke about the minor. They're actually qualified for the minor semi-final as well. Yeah. So um, we'll be talking to Mike Wall shortly uh, about the minor championship as well. Um, Kilkenny, though, on the other hand, got into the, the quarterfinal, as John said. Mm-hmm. Happy with the result of that. Not easy games coming up, but whoever it's going to be, like, I mean, they're just going to have to go out and just play whoever it is, do their very best and hopefully they can progress to a semi-final Yeah and I think so and I think the one thing with Kilkenny as well this year I think a lot of people are going to probably fear them a lot more than they would have in the past the fact that they weren't in All-Ireland final last year they've shown that they you know they've shown that they're a really good solid team they've been competing consistently at a high level you know in Division 2 and in an All-Ireland Championship every year for the last couple of years so I think any team that is going to have to come up against them is going to fear them a bit but I think the girls are going to relish in this opportunity I think they know deep down that you know winning's a habit and they really need to find themselves and get get themselves back into that groove and get back into that habit as well and, um, and I think they'll look forward to playing in a knockout stage and and I know we've said this so many times, I think the heart of winning an All-Ireland final last year is going to stand to these girls now. You know, they, they don't like losing, so they're bottling that up and they're just going to want to succeed. And I think especially after the the way they lost the quarterfinal last year in the league, they're going to want to go that one step further. And, you know, as John said, the more games they can get, the better and the more players that they can get out, the better as exactly. well. Exactly. And on that, we're going to allude to that later on because we purposely left the Division 1 uh, for later because that issue has actually come up uh, with Brian Dale and we'll be... Here Hearing what he has to say about that as well. But the minor semi-finals are going to take place this weekend. The quarter-finals took place last weekend with uh, Galway and Cork coming away. Cork had a great battle against Waterford. It went to extra time. Cork came away with a one-point victory. Galway had a small bit easier uh, in the quarter-finals against Wexford, uh, winning out on that one comfortably. But Tipperary and Kilkenny were waiting in the wings and waiting in my wing here at this moment in time on the line. I should have more. Mike Wall, the Kilkenny Minor Manager. Mike, you're very welcome to Come On Kind. Thanks very much, Martin. 
Just as we were saying, so you have been uh, drawn in the semi-final. We were expecting the draw to take place tomorrow evening. That actually took place uh, this afternoon with kind of a bit of a mix-up or whatever way you wanted to discuss it. But you were there for the draw when it took place. And again, like last year, you have been drawn against Galway to be played this Sunday. So not an easy task for yourselves, but... uh, we know what happened last year. It did go to extra time. I'd say you're a man now that's going to be relishing another chance of getting at Galway again in the semi-final. Uh, yeah, look, Martin, look, we're looking forward to it. Um, look, we're down to the final four. Uh, ourselves, Cork, Kip and Galway. Um, there was going to be no easy game. So, to be honest, there was be no preference. We didn't mind who, who we got um, as long as we know we knew who we had. And obviously the draw was done at dinner time there today. And uh, we got away from out first, and we came out out a hat after them. So, like I said, there was at this stage final four. It doesn't really matter. You're never you're not going to get an easy game. Um, obviously, I suppose last year completely different panels again. Uh, I know we have a lot of the same. I'm sure they have, they have a few of the same players as well. But look, completely different time of the year too. So. We just have to prepare ourselves as best we can now to, to go at him on Sunday. Yeah, you had a quarter final uh, to play last year before you went in to play Galway, and it kind of did stand to you a small bit. You've had a long rest for your semi final this time. Um, is that going to be more of a disadvantage to yourselves, or how have you prepared uh, and kept the girls going forward to look forward to the semi final? Look, Martin, we, yeah, look, we, we did. We did, As I said, last year is last year, and we did have that quarter final last year. Now, look, couple of things we won that quarter final last year I think by 19 or 20 points was that any good to us probably not Galway had a massive win in their quarter final last year or yesterday you know as a panel as a team was that any good to them again I would have to say as a manager probably not we had um, we had a brilliant uh, in-house game and training yesterday morning which which would probably stand to us better than any quarter final would have um, since our last game, we we've, we've had a we've had a number of in-house games ourselves, and we've also played the Kildare intermediate team, which is probably as tough a task on us as say the Dublin game was on Galway. And I'm only saying that because Galway um, played two weeks after our last game, or yeah, two weeks after our last game. So look, we're we're preparing nicely. We certainly won't be using. Um, the no quarter final as an excuse. An excuse is the easiest thing in the world to find. If you look for it, you'll surely find one. So we won't be using it as an excuse. We're happy with the way we are. Um, as I said, um, like last year, we said some of the toughest matches we had last year was our in-house games uh, and our panel matches. And it's, it's the very same this year. There's girls champing at the base to um to start and to get on the start in fifteen and then on to get on the match day thirty. You know, we have a good panel, we have a brilliant extended panel as well. So um, look we're happy with where we are. Well we know that you are the reigning champions going into the game. Do you feel a small bit more pressure on yourselves that winning a back to back All Ireland title is harder probably to do at minor level than maybe it might be at senior or intermediate level. And I suppose kind of in the way going in at Galway, you're going to be going in slight uh, favourites, um, especially after last year's victory and the way you progressed all through the championship this year as well. Uh, do you feel that there's a small little bit of pressure on the, the girls um, and how will they deal with it going in as the, the favourites tag this year? Martin, I don't think there's any. I don't think there's any pressure on us at all. I think the only pressure that's going to be on us is what we put on ourselves, and the girls know that as well. The, the girls are a very, very, very driven bunch. Um, you have girls that obviously we we have eighteen from last year's panel there, but not all eighteen have played. Um, so you have you have and some of the girls that did play didn't start, and some of the girls that that did start are you know are, are even you know they're fighting to, to be in the starting position this year so um, the only pressure that we have is what's put on ourselves like we've we've kept we've pretty much like kept to ourselves the, the whole year um, the girls won't the, the girls won't mind I'm sure like your favourite tags so we know favourite tags doesn't always work, especially when it goes into no. it. And I, and I know you won't be worried too much about it. Um, you have 19, I think, of last year's panel going forward as well with a mix of the team that came up then from the under 16. So you have a good bit of uh, experience that was there at this stage and an All-Ireland's uh, final for last year as well. So that'll certainly stand to the girls when they're going in against Galway at the weekend. 
Oh yeah, it would, it would and it, it, it will stand to him. Like one hundred hundred percent. There's no point saying, you know, yeah, the girls being the All Ireland champions, I would actually would like to think, and just from seeing them every day in training, they're actually they're actually more hungry this year than they are last year. So again, either that pays off or not. I have every faith in them that it will. Um, but we we know against what water or against Galway. Galway put up a massive score last year or last week or yesterday. I don't care who you're playing against. You still have to go out and score that. Um, we know now ourselves that we would have to be at our very very best. We we won't be able we won't be able to hit seventy eighty percent. Maybe like we've done in the last couple of games. We know we're going to have to get that extra few few percentage out of the girls. Uh, again, we have every faith, myself and the, and the management team, and I'm sure the girls themselves have every faith in themselves. And to see, we haven't picked a team yet. Uh, we're training tomorrow. We're going to train Paddy's morning as well for a while. And um, we'll, we'll, we'll hopefully be, we be in a good state. We don't have any major injury worries. We have a few little niggles, but um, nothing major at this point in time. Sorry, that was actually what I was going to ask you. Is there's no, there's nothing major on the injury front regarding any of the the players going into this game or anything like that. Um, no, I like I said, there's a few niggles on you. There's nothing, there's not major like that that we would be overly worried about at the moment. And uh, this will be the first time this year that we will have our full panel to pick from. Mm-hmm. So you know, as I said before, we 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 were out three or four girls each game between COVID and injury. In our in our last two competitive games, um, so this is the, this will be the first game that we or the first game that we'll have a full deck to pick from, so to speak. But um, hopefully at the moment, um, and hopefully they're not going to come out with training tomorrow night or Thursday. That will uh, that will give us nothing to worry about. So yeah, no making no excuses now. Absolutely none. We hopefully come Sunday we'll be fighting fit. And it's probably very encouraging for you as well, the fact that there's been really no other distractions for the girls over the last couple of weeks, I suppose. You know, the, the school championships have been finished up and mocks and exams and all that have been really finished up. So the girls have been just able to fully focus on the on the minor championship now for the last few weeks. Yeah, they have been and it was great. And even like a couple of weeks ago during midterm, um, you know, we actually got training during the day. Uh, in light rather than waiting in the evening so like the, the girls have been fantastic like they've been very very hardly any excuses about, about them the odd girl will be caught with work every now and again we understand we understand that they're all trying to hold down little part-time jobs and yeah. stuff like that but no they're they're a super bunch and like we we yeah we, we as i said we could have used the excuse um before you know, for the water game, for the clear game, the mocks. Like, after the water game, we knew we still had a job to do with that clear game, clear game to come to qualify. But we didn't train any of the leaving certs that week mm-hmm. because they were in the middle of their mocks. So, like, preparation up to clear wasn't good. We gave them the week off after clear, and since then, we can have no complaints, now, to be fair. Um, all the girls, the parents, every one of them was really bought in the whole thing, and you know, we're as I said, we're really looking forward to Sunday now. We've been we've been champing at the bit for a game. Now we we did try to start out with a game for 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 the girls on Sunday. Challenge matches are not easy to get at this time of the year, so we decided we just have a right good hard in out game, which we had, and you know, it was smashing. Thank God the weather the weather held off yesterday morning while we were at it. Yeah, it was pretty bad, all right. Uh... Thank God is right. I mean, we've seen so much rain over the last number of weeks uh, with matches and all getting cancelled. You were lucky enough to get the train and go and make. Um, I suppose looking forward then to the weekend, I, the draw was done this afternoon. There's no venue that I can see up on the, the website or anything yet. Any inclinations of where that might be going ahead? Absolutely not. Um, we, we did ask. There is They, they were talked that it could be a possible doubleheader. Um, myself, personally, I don't think that'd be a great idea. I don't think there's any there's any pitch in the country at the moment that you know would be able to hold um, an All Ireland, or that should have to hold an All Ireland uh, semi-final doubleheader. Maybe one of the top pitches like you know Nolan Park, Park and Cueve, places like that. But you know, I know they're given a good week, so maybe that will help us. Um, we don't know. It could be a standalone um, fixture either. Um, but I, I know now, to be fair to the Camogie Association, I know they are working on that. Fixtures and venues aren't easy to get at the moment. 
Um, I would, if I was to take a, a guess, and this is just a stab in the dark, I would imagine it'll probably be a Tipperary or a Limerick or possibly even an Offaly venue. But I'm, I'm, that's only that's only guessing at the moment. Yeah, well, we'll have to wait and see. But Parky Cueff, I tell you, with all the rain that fell anywhere down around the Munster area last weekend, certainly wouldn't be able to hold a double header. It was crazy, um, the the amount of weather that and rain that fell uh, on pitches, and we can even see with football games and all getting cancelled. Make uh, the other thing I just want to say to yourselves is, I mean, as I said earlier, you have a great mixture of experience and young girls that's coming through as well. But even watching your games this year, the camaraderie between all of the girls, like the character in them all as well they never seem to let anything phase them uh, and I don't mean this in a bad way they kind of just sail through games as having no care in the world which is often a good thing um, that can happen that probably a lot of them don't get nervous or you know they just see it as another game like some of the players do so I mean it must be a joy that uh, you can have a team like that that you don't really have to prepare them too much in light of a, a big game coming up No look Martin they are they're, look they're a super bunch myself um, and as I said, most management team um, have been with these. Like we, I know we had them for part of the 2020 season. That was cut short, as most most uh, groups were, including Anya. It was a very frustrating year. Um, but like as I said, this is this is kind of a um, it's, we've been with them obviously when they were under 16 in their last year, and now now in their last year minor. They're, they are. They're a joy to be around. They, uh, we brought them up. We played till there in a challenge a couple of weeks ago, and we brought them into Parallel Park to watch Kilkenny and Dublin after that. And honest to God, they are. They're a joy to be around. They, nothing phases them. Absolutely nothing phases them. If we told, told them we were going out playing the Galway Seniors on Saturday, on Saturday, it wouldn't, or on Sunday, that wouldn't phase them either. Now, I don't want to come across as sound cocky because we're not. Um, that's absolutely not but the girls have great belief in their own ability but at the same time they'll be the first ones to tell you they'll be the first ones to say it themselves that we don't get everything right um, on on Sunday and that means ourselves on the line the girls on the field everything we, we don't get our warm up right we don't get our travel arrangements right we don't get our training right beforehand they'll be the first ones to tell you look we need to improve on this or we need to improve on that so they're a very 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 driven bunch um, we have some brilliant characters in the team and, you know, even some of the younger ones coming up, um, you know, that are, that are still underage next year, you can see the character coming through in them as well. So, like, we, as, us as a management team, we're very privileged to, to be, you know, I would say, you know, it's a privilege whenever you're put over any team, but especially when you're put over, over, over kids, uh, it is the privilege because they're, they are in your care for that length, for whatever length of time every week you have. But they're, look, they are a super, super, super bunch. And, um, look, as I said, whatever happens the rest of this year, it certainly won't define them. Um, but I, like, I would have massive, massive, massive hopes for, for this group of players going forward. That um, you know they will, uh, you know there will so many of these go on and play intermediate and senior for Kilkenny in the coming years. Well, with the help of God, and we'll certainly be following the journey all along, and let's hope that the journey can continue on as well. Um, there won't be too much space though for uh, either celebrating or uh, whatever way you want to put it, getting injuries back with the finals penciled in if we're lucky enough to be there a week after as well. But as the fella says, we'll cross that bridge if it happens. But anyway, make the best of luck to yourself all the management and the girls for the semi-final against Galway uh, coming up at the weekend. And no doubt, fingers crossed, next Monday evening, we might be talking to you about the possibility of an All-Ireland final. Our pencil is in. We'll keep things positive. Perfect, good man. That we'll was, of course, Mick Wall, the minor manager. They're looking forward to the semi-final at the weekend. And on you, two intriguing semi-finals at minor, as Mike said, Kilkenny and Galway and Cork and Tipperary then in the other ones old Munster rivals renewing a battle again this year so how do you see the two games panning out and interestingly enough it's more or less the same pairings that were in the senior um, you know semi-finals last year as well like you know um, 
if it seems to be the four, the same four teams that are constantly dominating it, and you can see you can see how it's working, you can see where the development is going, and obviously development at underage in these four counties is at its top because they're actually able to filter them then into their adults adults team and onto senior level, and then you have the same you have you've Galway, Cork, Kilkenny, and Tipperary all competing in all Ireland semi-finals at senior and at minor level. So whatever you know these counties are doing, they're doing a great job, and you know it should that should be nearly the benchmark for all the other counties um to go on to the semi-finals yeah you know like it's going to be it's going to be a very interesting battle I suppose like I'm kind of nearly comparing the Loretto the Loretto All-Ireland semi-final against Prez Galway it's kind of you know I know there was uh, there is probably um you know a couple of girls that would have been involved Loretto that are involved with the minor team as well and I'm sure there's a lot of girls on the Prez Galway team that will be involved with this Galway outfit as well so you know it there is kind there is going to be nearly that that in the back of their minds as well like you know it's it's no coincidence that you know the schools in these counties are even competing at this level because you know it's just showcasing the talent that that is there. Um, I think it's going to be a tough game for for Kilkenny, but as um, Mick said, there you know they're a really good bunch of girls. Um, they'll keep going and they they'll give everything that they have on the day, and they do have that experience. When you have like eighteen or nineteen girls that were members of the All Ireland Winning Minor panel last year, and you have them to kind of rely on as well this year, that's a massive massive thing for any team, and you know it just shows the resilience in them as well and you know the want to win a second one but you know not maybe putting pressure on themselves and just enjoying it and you know Mick is probably right as well uh, the way you know the way Galway kind of came out of their quarter final very convincing winners the, the game that Kilkenny had in house probably did stand to them a lot better and you know I suppose for the girls it was potentially their last opportunity to nail down a starting 15 jersey and you know they've had a couple of weeks where they have been able to just absolutely take scalps off each other your training and to, to try and get that jersey so yeah it'll be an interesting one and then obviously you've got the, the Munster rivalry with Cork and Tipperary you know Cork have always been competing at the top level come to minor level come at minor and you know after getting bet in last year's Now to be fair they were lucky at the weekend Waterford really mm, put it up yeah. to them in their home patch down in the Cork Camogie grounds went to extra time Waterford very unlucky. Waterford and Wexford have done Trojan work at uh, minor level yeah. this year. As you said, the development probably still just a small bit fraction mm-hmm. short of where the four teams in the semi final are. Great to see Wexford competing. When you had Dublin in the semi final last year, and Dublin not even anywhere near the knockout stages mm-hmm. this year, you know, it's great to see the likes of Waterford and Wexford stepping up. They just need to take that step a small little bit further. But on the minor and getting the jerseys, because mm-hmm. a lot of these girls, that's it, minor is now over yeah. for them coming up this week mm-hmm. or this year, never to be seen again. It's gone yeah. behind them. So they will be looking to go out of their teen years with hopefully uh, another All-Ireland to look forward to before they hang up the jersey at underage level. Yeah, they certainly will. And unfortunately for you know some of these girls, you know, they might get the opportunity to go on further in relation to inter-county camogie. And, you know, I suppose it always comes back to this is nearly the age group that girls do end up to dwindle away from camogie is, in their seven, is when they're 17 or 18 years of age. So, you know, it's very important for these girls that they are competing and they are trying to get, you know, the most that they can out of it. And yet, like in the next, you know, for a lot of them, it could be, well, for two teams, it's certainly going to be over after this weekend for them. And, you know, a lot of those girls then will have to go on and focus to, to to further leave and certain, you know, look to get into college and then go on to play colleges, Camogie. And, you know, it, it's kind of beginning, it's a new chapter in their lives that they're going to begin beginning with. But, you know, minor is always very special. It's always very special, um, great to be playing at. And it, you know, it's, it's kind of nearly a standalone one, you know, against the senior as well. Like, it's always great to have that experience of playing minor and winning minor All-Irelands. Um, but yeah, four really good teams in the semi-finals. It's going to be very interesting to see, will it be a Kilkenny, uh, Cork, um, All-Ireland final another repeat of last year and or you know will it'll be two different um, partners be going off against it but you know great standard of camogie in it and always has been at minor level yeah exactly well we're certainly going to be looking forward to them and hopefully we can be looking forward to another all ireland as well we'll move on then to the division one that was down at the weekend we know that we were down in porky creef in cork playing uh cork in what was a must win game for either team to qualify for the league final as there was only one spot available. Cork did have a better scoring difference going in but we're going to go to group one um, first of all and Tipperary had Dublin at the weekend 
and Dyer Tipperary coming away with a four-point victory and Down and Offaly then was the other game in that and Down winning that one by five points as well which has a big bearing on the uh, the league table then when it comes to Down and Offaly because that puts Offaly down in the bottom mm-hmm. half of the table along with Limerick then uh, as well in the other group because that group is now finished and um, Group 1 is still not finished at the minute but a good win for Tipperary uh, and a great win for Down as well that could potentially keep him in Division 1 for next year as well. Yeah, exactly. And I suppose, you know, it, it was it was a draw game in the end, I think, the... Uh the Offaly Down game, or am I getting that? Am I getting that wrong? Three, was it five, three eleven two? No, sorry, down one, down yeah. one by two points. Sorry, yeah. So yeah, a really good result there for Down. Offaly two eleven, I should say. Yeah, Offaly probably very disappointed. You know, there were only two points, two points in it, and they're not going to really want to be going down to play Division Two next year. In all fairness, to them, but Down absolutely would be delighted to say that they're able to, you know, keep up with the big guns and stay up in Division One. Uh, the Tipperary Dublin game, yeah, great victory for Tipperary. Unfortunate for Dublin, but I do think that Dublin will be very happy with their performance probably in it and the fact that they didn't let Tipperary kind of rule the roost on them a bit and there was only four points in it in the end. And, you know, I know I kind of had a quick look at the Tipperary team and I know maybe a lot of their familiar faces weren't, you know, they hadn't started. Cotavan was on the line, Mary Ryan was on the line. So, you know, they probably thrown in a couple of new players as well, but I think it's, it's very encouraging for Dublin. You know, they have avoided relegation as far as I'm aware, haven't they? I think they have. Well, I'm just looking at the table here at the minute and uh, they're on three points at the minute now, depending on how the other fixtures are going to go in that, which there is still some to go. So Galway still has to play Tipperary, which Mm -hmm. is going to be the top of the table clash, which we'll get to in a moment. Dublin has to go and play Down and Galway then have a remainder against Offaly um, as well. So the, the table is still wide open in that one. But if Down was to beat... Uh, Dublin, they would have to do so by more than 30... Let's see if I can do the maths right here now. 38, 39 points they'd have to beat him by, which realistically I don't think is yeah. going to happen. So, yeah, I think Dublin is safe enough in that group. Yeah, you, I couldn't see that happening. And I think, you know, I think that goes down to the fact that Dublin were able to keep t- Tipperary at bay as well with their scoring as well. Like, they only conceded 112, they scored 18. It wasn't going to be kind of like the whitewash that maybe a lot of people had expected from that. So, I think, you know, regardless of the fact that they didn't get the result, they are probably a lot happier with their performance um, performance after that for Dublin. Um, Tipperary probably being very much resting a lot of their players knowing that the, the big one coming up against Galway will be this weekend and it is going to be a do or die and it is going to be a top of the table clash for, for both teams there. So I would imagine that's why a, a couple of the regular faces weren't probably, um, you know, started in that game. Now I know Caught Van did come on in it, but I'd say it was more or less to just, you know, let, give him a run out, you know, it's just shake off any niggles or rustiness or whatever the case may be that was there so yeah that was good to see from that so yeah it's still a competitive group but you know it is going to come down like something very similar to the tip uh, to the Cork and Kilkenny game it is going to come down to the wire with the two top guns playing it out this weekend Well it is because with Galway having to play awfully in that rearranged fixture um, if Galway do beat uh, Tipperary it certainly would go down to that game then um, as well because the fact is that Galway uh, are only three points behind at this moment in time. Um, so if Tipperary was to win that game, they would go six points clear and they would go through to play mm-hmm. in the league final um, against, obviously, now we know this is his Cork after last weekend, which is a novel pairing. We see yeah. what happened in the semi-final in Nolan Park last year. It was a, a great game, but Division 1 has really been wide open and Tipperary has been knocking on the door for their thereabouts. They were in the 2020 league final that mm-hmm. didn't get played. So, you know, they're probably a bit sore that they didn't get a chance to, uh, to partake in that and potentially win silverware. But, you know, they have a chance now in 2022. Yeah, they certainly have. And I don't, like, I don't know if we could say that Division 1 is wide open. I think it's kind of coming back to the fact that we still have the same four teams that are com- potentially going to be competing. Well, 
they are competing at the the um the final stages. You know, it has come down to the do or die game between Tip and Galway, and it did come down to the do or die game with Cork and Kilkenny. So it is the same four teams that are competing in leagues in in the top of the league as it is in the championships. Well, which you know it is a bit disappointing, and we're always saying it that we need more teams to come up to it, and we're blue in the face from saying it, and people are sick of hearing us say it. But it's just the case that it is like, and we are we are looking at the same teams. Yeah, okay, it's definitely going to be um a different pairing in the league final this year after after Cork have gone through from last weekend but you know it's still a case of we're still looking at the same the same four teams competing at the top level yeah and it's probably not really going to change um at this moment in time you know for a while but look that's all we can do as we said we were in Parky Creef for the division one clash of uh, Cork and Kilkenny Cork going into it with a 25 point difference we knew Kilkenny had to win um, and we caught up with Brian Dowling afterwards and this is what Brian had to say about the Cork and Kilkenny Division 1 game Okay, we're disappointed not in the league final, but delighted with the performance and the effort of the girls, the character, you know, I suppose has been questioned a few times this year already. I think people have to realise we've lost huge experience in that dressing room, not only this year, but the last couple of years, and we've new girls coming now, and I suppose when the second half they were five points down, facing into a gale storm wind, and... Uh, to stand up and go ahead of Cork a very good Cork team I thought was brilliant and look I think we'll hold on to that performance for the rest of the year like it's it's a bit crazy to say that we've went through the league unbeaten and we're not not in the knockout stages it makes no sense to me but uh, look it is what it is we're light with performance um, we'll go away now and train hard for the championship yeah but look I think it was hard for it to score either either goal I know we had the win but um, you know it wasn't easy to score for anybody you can see Denise was struggling to, to reach the goal with freeze and 40 yards like Denise can score from 80 90 yards so I think that'll be an indicator. I think Cork even struggled to score from points as well, but that's just the conditions were horrendous out there. You know, when I walked out the pitch at the start of the game, there's puddles of water on the on the pitch. So, look, it wasn't easy out there for anybody, and the girls give it absolutely everything. Yeah, look, she, everyone knows Denise what she can do. She didn't all earn final in 2020. You know, with the pressure really on. So, look, Denise is a is a big time player. She'll do it when she, when when it's really needed. You know, she missed a couple against Clare, and she was disappointed, but I never doubted her there. I knew she'd bury it. So, look, it was a great. Obviously, we needed that goal to, to pull Cork back and. Um, like I said, we're disappointed we're not in in the league final. You know that was we wanted to get there, but um, you know we've a big chunk of training coming up now, and we look forward to getting back onto the pitch. Yeah, I mean conditions were horrendous for everyone. It really was a tactical battle um, going ahead of the weekend. And Brian was talking there, of course, about Denise's penalty to take uh, Kilkenny a point ahead with going in. I think it was about nine minutes to go uh, when that penalty was scored. But realistically, how was your overall thoughts on the game? Yeah, like I think, you know, I suppose the weather did pay, uh, pay, play a major part in it. It was very hard. You could see the ball was dropping so short, like even just on the striking of it, it was just, it was dropping so short. Whereas, you know, we're the, we're so used to seeing our defence, like, you know, drive a ball 50, 60 yards out and it wasn't even making it. It was maybe going 20, 30 yards. And I suppose that's all got to do with, you know, the wind was just crazy. Like even, even the two posts on either end were shaking. Like there was one stage, I think it was clean Healy was actually she taken a free and it was like she hit the ball wide but the wind was so strong that it actually curved the ball over and you could see the goalposts were actually shaking it was nearly like they were shaking and trying to get themselves in line to have the ball go over the bar like it was she so actually strong put it about six foot outside the post like for it just to draw in and yeah. get the point with it but you even alluded to the post that they were swaying so much mm. in the breeze but like the water I mean it started raining in Cork from about 20 to 1 yeah. last Saturday and it continuously went until we were leaving Parky Creef that evening even the water itself was lodging on the field. I mean, the conditions for both teams was horrendous. They had a magnificent spectacle mm. to actually push a, a game of camogie and to play it in such high spirits. I suppose the old fact is, we go back to the, the old road again, is Cork just came away with the victory. Mm. The last three, we knew straight away that Chloe Sigerson, um was going to put over that and get the victory. With, or, well, I won't say it was a victory. It was for Cork in mm. a way, but it drew the game and it uh, put it level to knock Kenny out of the 
the uh, the league stages and the latter stages of it. Yeah, and you know what? I think Brian knew as well. The very minute Chloe Sigerson was stepping up for that free, like he he had his hands on his head, he knew straight away that she was going to put it over the bar. Um, interestingly enough, she wasn't down to start, but she didn't end up starting the game in the end. Um, you know, so it, she's there for a reason. Like she has been such a pivotal part of Cork for so many years, and for such a young player, like I remember her playing on. She was wing back playing in the intermediate team in 2016 for Cork, and you know straight away after that she just blew up the whole Cork scene and she was straight into senior and it was like she'd been there for so many years so like we have to remember she still is quite a young girl too like she's only what 26 maybe um so yeah to have, a player, anyway, yeah, yeah. To have a player like that being able to step up and you know take such a crucial free at a crucial time with the elements against you um you know it was it was always going to sail over for Kilkenny, yeah, you know what, and Brian kind of did say it there in his speech, like, it, we do have to remember that they have lost a, a bit of experienced girls throughout the year. Now, I'm not going to name names because, you know, girls haven't come out and actually said it themselves. And I think it's only fair that girls take the opportunity to, to just say it themselves. Plus um, the fact, and he didn't allude to the, the piece of the interview there that was edited, but we did lose Grace Welsh and Kellyanne Doyle yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. And the players that he was alluding to is backs. I mean, he was really up again uh, the wall when it comes to the backs with injuries and mm-hmm. retirements and in inverted commas, you know, whether that is going to happen or not yet. So, I mean, to put in a performance... To me personally, though, when they were playing with a gale force wind, and I know conditions were bad, to only go in a point ahead for the dominance and the amount of possession that we had, we didn't really utilise it in the first half enough to our ability. No, I don't think we did, but I do think a lot of that had to do with the way Cork were playing, like even the way they lined up, like, and it kind of made me go back to the Paddy Murray days, and I kind of feel like you know, have they not got over that yet? Are they not going to step away? Are they not going to come out of that? Like, he's gone. Let's, you know, go back to, you know, have your own mind, make up your own tactics. Now, I know you have Davy Pitts in there, so I'm sure these are all his tactics as well. But even just the way they lined up, like in the first half and like at the throw-in ball, they just had their three full forwards just lined up in a straight line. And I know, don't get me wrong, like I've tried this before and like when it works, it works and it's genius. And if you can pull it off, it's, it's to absolute perfection. But, to me, I don't think Sunday was the time or the place. I just think the weather was so bad that we should have just gone full hog, lined out the girls the way it were, because there's no player. Tiffy Fitz, or yeah, Tiffy Fitz at one stage, like she was full back on the team. She was playing half back midfield for most of the game. Like She was on the 45 yeah, for most like, of it. Cork had just dragged out. They had nobody inside. To me, I think, to me, to be fair, like, and I don't want to be disrespectful, I think Cork nearly played into Kilkenny's hands by playing by playing that particular way like and I think that if they had nearly left it inside and good thing for Kilkenny and again I'm tr- not trying to be disrespectful but I think for Kilkenny if they had lined it up if they had lined up like uh, you know three girls in the full forward line I think it could have caused a bit of havoc in there um, but you could see it like there was very few players within, within the uh, Kilkenny half back line full back line there for the majority Should of the first half. At one stage there was 27 well, yeah. players mm. in the opposition half and only three that was Tiffy, the full forward, uh, was it Sergio McCartan. McCartan? Yeah. And Ethan Norris. Yeah. Was, was the it. only three players inside the Kilkenny 65 metre line. Yeah. And Ev- it just it crowded, it completely crowded out. Like Cork didn't give Kilkenny the opportunity to hurl because they just kept on crowding them out. And I suppose, like, for me, I think a team that has to do that, they obviously have this fear element of the team that they're going up against, knowing that they potentially have, like, fantastic forwards who could destroy anyone and they had to they had no choice they had to crowd them out I will say I did think the substitutions of Katie Nolan and Mary O'Connell were a massive massive huge thing difference. huge difference in the game I think it nearly brought the game out in a U-turn I'd said it I felt like we needed a bit of speed or something inside like and you know somebody who wasn't afraid to like get the ball and take it on and you know Katie Nolan came in and she did it straight away and even at one stage you know when things weren't going well for Denise Gall on the freeze she literally just turned around handed the ball to Katie Nolan but then what was so good afterwards to see like the next free that I think that came up you know Katie just picked up the ball handed it straight back to Denise Scott she's like no take it like and it's kind of like these girls saying like okay you missed one get over it take yeah. the next one you'll get just it and it's like great that with to see the penalty it. as well when yeah. Kilkenny got it um, I suppose Cork in the second half came out with all guns blazing mm-hmm. a bit like the semi-final two years ago they got a quick start, you know, was 1-3, 1-4 ahead after 10 yeah. minutes. I think it was 1-3 on the bounce after uh, halftime um, yeah. on Saturday, which put them a bit ahead. You know, they kept the lead going and Kilkenny kept plugging away mm-hmm. and getting the freeze and getting an odd score. They were two points down, got a penalty. Yeah. 
upstepped Denise Gall at the Black Rock end, horrible, miserable weather conditions. Yeah. She buried it. Yeah, absolutely. Buried it right into the bottom you corner. Know, she was after missing a couple of freeze, yeah. as you said. But for a player of that was probably down on her confidence after mm-hmm. missing them freeze to step up and dispatch that penalty like she did to take Kilkenny into the lead. Magnificent score. Yeah. One that Kilkenny really needed. Yeah, big time, I think. And they, need, they needed it at a really crucial time because I kind of really felt that Cork were after getting so much on top and Cork had the momentum with them and they were just driving through. And, you know, obviously they got the goal and then they got another point straight after. I think it was Cleaning Healy got another point and then Ashling Thompson came down the wing and she got a spectacular point I really think she came into her own in the second half to be honest with you like you know no, they did miss a good few on yeah. our side as well which the management probably wasn't too happy no. because they could have made things a bit easier on themselves they had a lot of wides yeah they did have a lot of wides the one thing I will say about Cork and kind of what nearly impressed me most about them they all looked extremely fit and they were constantly playing this running game and it was like it was like they were afraid to strike a ball in case it went uh, by the wayside and they were nearly it was like they were nearly waiting like at one stage I think it was Laura Hayes was going up her wing with the ball and she nearly stopped for that extra second kind of look because she was nearly afraid to hit the ball because there was nobody in that position where that ball was going so she took a second kind of came back around now I think what happened in the end Kilkenny overturned the ball because she took that extra second over it but I, you could nearly see it throughout the whole Cork team They're, they were playing nearly a football game um, there was constantly like three or four of them and I know I remember watching them in a warm up in an All-Ireland a couple of years ago and even throughout the, the championship stages their warm up was basically in a triangle and that's the way they were playing in the game as well there was always a triangle so if you know X was running up the field here Y and Z were either on either side and they were just going in a triangle the whole way up and that's what they were that's the game plan that they were looking for on Sunday as well yeah, it's a Sorry. pretty and yeah, and Brian did allude to it. We were been talking to John about the possibility uh, of the quarterfinals mm-hmm. and getting into that, which is great for a team. No quarterfinal or no semi final in the division one, and we're going to discuss that. But here is Brian Dowling first and his thoughts on exactly that problem. You know, and I don't want it's not sour grapes. I, I said it on the way down. I spoke to other managers in the last couple of weeks, and everyone has the same opinion. Like, I just can't understand like why the intermediates have a, a, a quarter final, semi final, and the senior don't. You know, it just makes no sense. Um, you know, we're trying to promote Camogie. The more games, the better. You know, you were there last year, Nolan Park. The two games was at Galway and Cork, fantastic game. Our, our game against Tip was brilliant as well. You know, like that's what we want. We want to be playing big games all the time, and you know, um, and even there should be quarter finals as well. We played Limerick last year up, up in Bor a great game, you know, they should have bet us, but they got a great game out of that. You know, if you lose one game in the league, you're gone, do you know, and that's it. It's 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 ridiculous. And I just don't understand why there's not extra knockout games. Look, everyone wants games, you know, I'm sure Cork Galway are the same. Um but look, that's that's their their decision. I just I would like the reasoning for it because uh Cork don't have four weeks off now before they play in the league final. So, you know, it's not as if it, it has to be on next week or whatever. So I just I don't know what the reasoning for it is, and it's disappointing that, you know, the more games the better, really. It is disappointing. And the question, does he have a point? Yep, I think so. And I used to be harping on about this in the Intermediate Championship for years. Why was it only ever... Why was there only ever two teams that used to come out of it? It was sorry. Why was it only ever the f- top team in each group? They used to have four groups, and the top team in each group used to go out. So it was a case of if you lost one game, you might as well throw your hat in it. And for years, I've been harping on about this, like it was absolutely ridiculous. There should be quarter final stages, and you know what? He's dead right. At senior level, you should be expecting um, quarter final, semi final stages of the league. I just think he, you know he's right. They haven't lost a game in the league, but yet they don't find themselves competing in a knockout stage or even in a league final, like. They've had two wins in a draw, as have Cork, Cork two yeah. wins in a draw. So, like, it, there's no reason. I know that it's obviously it goes on score difference. And, and like, you know, I know he's saying he's he's not being, he doesn't have sour griefs. And he's not, like, he's, he's talking so much sense in the fact that there is so much time. Like, there's plenty of time to have it. You know, I, I can't, it, I just cannot understand why there isn't even, why even the top two teams aren't going through. If they can't, if they don't have time for quarterfinals, have semifinals, have the yeah. top two, have the top in group one play the second in group two or vice the versa. Crossover, exactly, no, yeah. I don't see, I don't see why it can't happen. Um, you know, we went nearly a whole year without people being getting into playing Camogie games, or a whole two years without people being able to get into Camogie games. You know, we spent two years wondering if championships were going to happen, if leagues were going to happen, if Camogie was even going to go ahead. And then like, you know, to come back when things, you know, in inverted commas are getting some way normal, 
for them not to have this, it, it makes no sense to me. Would you take the little word survey that's going on that uh, was 89% of players couldn't recognise a camogie player within their own county if they were walking down the street even? We have an opportunity. We've seen it last year. The quarterfinals were immense. As Brian said, Limerick really should have beaten us the first day. Uh, we go in then into the semi-final and Tipperary should have beaten us. We saw the two semi-finals. They were two of the best games of Camogie that we have ever seen playing in Nolan Park last year. And for what we class in terms of Division 1, Tier 1 and elite Camogie players up at that level to not have either a quarter-final or a semi-final and to get knocked out without losing a single game on scoring difference, to me, is a bit stupid and it needs to be looked at. Yeah, it certainly does. Like, And there's been so many breaks, I feel like, in the league as well this year. Like, you know, I suppose in the past you were nearly looking at games they've been run off every week and okay maybe now and again you could have had a week week's break but I feel like this year there's been a game that could be two weeks off you've had another game there could be three weeks off like there has been loads of time like I don't I don't get why but as Brian said on time you take it Cork now has to wait four weeks for yeah, a league final crazy. right okay there is other games to go ahead in group one but if that's the case if there is 11 teams or whatever mm-hmm. in it why not do the shorter groups as they did last year yeah. and bring in the quarterfinals and give the teams extra games and have the quarterfinals I mean if you want to put promotion out there and get girls to know their players yeah. there's not much point in Kilkenny and all the other teams mm-hmm. as they are Limerick Clare in our group that's gone you know they're not going to be sitting out anywhere yeah. for a, a league semi-final I mean okay uh, Limerick is probably going to be in the relegation uh, final nobody's going to really remember that in a couple of years time mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. whatever way it comes to it I mean if you want to promote sport and people are on about equality and giving ample opportunity and the same amount of time to the ladies sports mm-hmm. which I mean we're shooting ourselves in the foot if we're going along and just playing a, a league final now okay maybe the GA is doing it but the GA are having their seven or eight games to yeah. get played first of all in the league before they play a league final why not have a bloody semi-final at least and let the teams go out and play and put their skills to the test and the best four teams come out of the league section, go in and play in a league final and so be it. Bob's your uncle. I know, but the majority, <laughs> we have to remember as well that the majority of players, you know, GA players, are household names already as it is like. And, you know, I just think, I can't understand why that, you know, you're dead right. They've spent so long, you know, bringing, doing these surveys saying that there's only a certain amount of camogie players and no one. But sure, of course, the, that's the of course that's the case because not, there's not enough camogie games being played. We're not getting the opportunity. We've spent so long sitting behind closed doors not getting to actually go to matches to now that we're able to do it, we're allowed as spectators in it, we should be able to have more matches. I thought it was really good, you know, after the match the other day, it was it was so lovely to see there was, they must have been a family. I think they were down for maybe Antrim. I know one of the kids had an Antrim jersey. Two of them had an Antrim jersey. I think the mom had like an Antrim um, hat, woolly hat on her. But they were literally waiting outside both the Cork and the Kilkenny dressing room waiting to get um, autographs from both sets of players. And what was funny to me as well was Davy Fitz was there getting an interview <laughs> being done as well. They, nah, they didn't have any interest in going near him. They were down there solely. And do you know what? One of them was a little boy as well. So he was mad to get like, you know, get autographs from these big players. And that was so good to see. But like, you know, we ha- we're not being given this opportunity because we're not having enough games for this to happen. Like, and, you know, what the crowd maybe okay I know the weather was so bad and you couldn't blame a lot of people for maybe not travelling that but the crowd wasn't great there either and you know I suppose if we were getting to play a match in like you know at the county grounds and especially in somewhere like Parky Cueve you would be expecting a bigger crowd now I did see I'd say there was maybe a school or a club that had brought whatever 20 or 30 kids down to do the match um, which is great because the kids could go go free like so it's a fantastic opportunity for it and that's it kids can go free so why aren't more clubs availing of that opportunity to bring bring them there it's it's not just about getting to go see the Camogie match it's about getting to see like Parky Cueve the stadium because like let's be realistic you know you're probably not going to get to do it you know on the day where there's a bigger event happening and you're not going to be able to have that whole experience you're not going to be seeing and you're not going to be able to see it all so why not take the opportunity when you can just go and do it yeah you're not in a crush that's not 50 odd thousand you know streaming out past and you're trying to hold on to the kids and make sure they don't get lost and etc it was the perfect opportunity we're not just talking about Porky Cueve like I mean everywhere is the exact same all throughout 
the minor, the intermediates, the juniors, every competition this year, people are just not going out and supporting the teams that they're playing in, not turning up. We've had them all over throughout the, the league campaigns as intermediate, junior, minor, you name it. And, you know, as you said, we need to start changing the mindsets of people and start supporting the Camogie players and our own. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's really important. We do need we do need to be supporting our own and we do need to be kind of advertising it as much as we can, like because it is very, very important for that to happen. And, you know, Camogie is such a great game. And if people just give it a chance and just go out there and support the girls, you know, I've, I've often said it and I'm going to preach it again. You know, they give up just as much time as their male counterparts. They train three, four, five nights a week. And when they're not training, they're looking after themselves in other ways. They're in the gym. They're constantly keeping themselves fit and ready to go. And, you know, the dedication that they have to give, like, you know, they give up all the social events that every other elite athlete gives up every year just as much as anybody else. And, you know, their aim is to try and win All-Ireland. Like, every team, it's there. And, you know, they should be, you know, we should be supporting them and um, showing that we appreciate what they're doing and, you know, what they're doing for their county and their clubs. Yeah, I mean, we see the Tom Parsons with the GPA on last night on the Sunday game and he was on about the players and they want the, the match day expenses to, to go back and the training expenses to go back to what it was pre-COVID times. I mean, a lot of the Camogie girls themselves with years has been going and travelling and going without any expenses. It's only within the last couple of years that expenses has even come anywhere near uh, the fold for Camogie players. And they have been doing it and giving as much entertainment, as you mm-hmm. say, commitment-wise and the whole lot, with years and years, and there was never uh, a mention about it. So, you know, we need to start thinking about things and, you know, for equality, it has to be completely uh, across the board. Um, I don't know, that's even a debate possibly for uh, another day. day. But, um, yeah, we we certainly have had gremlins here tonight we hope to god that uh, all this can be put together uh, that we have got something together and uh, that you've enjoyed uh, this broadcast as well um, don't forget as always wherever you get your podcasts every week go and subscribe to the Come On Kind uh, podcast and you'll get your notifications as soon as a new episode comes online, which it usually does every Tuesday. Thanks to Ken, as usual, for putting all of our Come On Kind podcasts t- together. But that is it here from the studios here in KCLR 96 FM this evening for episode number seven. As we said earlier, hard to believe we're seven episodes mm-hmm. into it. We're almost at the end of the league uh, sections. We have the minor to look forward to and then we're going into Leinster Championships as well before Anya goes off on her nuptials and gets ready to tie the knot with her beloved Stephen later on and she's laughing at me here now because of that but anyway we will certainly uh, wish her well we will miss her when she goes but we still have another couple of weeks with herself before she goes off to tie the knot but that is it from myself Martin Quilty and Anya here in the KCLR studios till next week it's goodbye from us bye this is come on kind with Martin Quilty and Onya Fahmy. Yeah.